I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan, and this is The Mutant Ages. What? Why are we here, Maddie? Oh my gosh, we're here to talk about Ryan's top 10 favorite X-Men. And... Oh, 20, actually. Okay, remember? Tw- I don't even Thank remember you. because it's been so, so long since it we really talked about has. it. But we're also I guess we're here- just going to reveal that one of them is going to be on it today. We're that's how we're opening this. We're also here to review every adaptation of the X-Men. That's what we do on this, yes, this year's show. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the animated because this episode of X-Men Evolution is named after Boom Boom and it's all about Boom Boom and Ryan is a Boom Boom fan so I'm just getting the spirit I I hope you've been converted into a Boom Boom fan if you weren't already I liked her I I don't think I know as much about her as you do so I don't know if I have the right yet to call myself a fan but you'll get there you'll get there I think you will get there by the end of season two because she is a prominent character in this season mm-hmm. and also then once when you like get into her then you're like whoa what does she do in the comic yeah, books I mean, and that's I'm still like a reading whole... new mutants comics because i have been ever since we watched the uh live action new mutants i'm so glad you're doing that because the original new mutants run is fantastic it's great, and there's definitely some boom boom stuff in there so i think by the end of x-men evolution season two i will have seen and read enough boom boom to have been fully converted into <laughs> yeah right boom boom it's indoctrination. she's great she's an agent of chaos she, she just really is doesn't give a shit so much about consequence <laughs> yeah. she's the joker but she's a marvel character she's well, i guess i mean she's got some harley quinn energy for sure yeah that's that's more accurate because i do think that boom boom does care about people mm-hmm. and has that you know, she like she does genuinely care about people yeah but i also think she doesn't have the ability to really think before she makes decisions and she's just impulsive. kind of like she's also yeah. like anti-authority and like I, I don't know she has a lot of qualities i like i was very anti-authority as a teenage girl as well Dude, in the comic books her like especially in the 80s and the 90s her fucking fashion was on point it's very fun <laughs> it's very fun i definitely recommend other people go back and read new mutants along with me if, if they yeah. so choose um so let's talk about the episode uh Yes. Well, first we need to do our previously on the X-Men, which we're in season two. We are. I don't even, uh, we, should we even recap season one? We, we don't we, no, I feel to. like that, We can say. I, this is going to become a long thing if I start being like, let's recap the entire TV show. We don't TV need to show. recap the entire TV show. You're here. You already know the deal. But what's important is that the baby brotherhood are on their own now. Mystique and Magneto are MIA. And so this is an important yes. piece of this episode is that all of the brotherhood babies 
are living by themselves and they're still going to school. And they're lost and confused and they don't really know what to do. They genuinely are. Like they are kind of having little crisis of faiths about about their personal situations. Well, but this is also the start of the brotherhood that I loved on this show because I this is the first time I felt like they carried the energy that I remember where they're just kids living in a house. They really have that vibe of like queer kids who got kicked like out of their homes and they don't really have parents anymore and like they're still going to school and they're like kind of taking school seriously but like their personal situations are really dangerous but also they're teenagers so they don't have a full awareness of how dangerous it is and they're just kind of fucking around i mean also in the previous episode they tried to out the x-men and were basically just anarchists i don't know they were they were agents of yeah chaos but for that's sure. really sort of the last time we see that yes. happen because a lot of season two is going to be about those characters sort of getting along with the X-Men mm-hmm. and it's and sometimes they push back a little bit but it really kind of falls into that category of oh hey the Brotherhood are just additional X-Men which I like yep. uh, and in this episode another thing to note that's important is that at the beginning of season two new mutants joined the X-Men yep. so it opened up when we like literally met the new mutants mm-hmm. and then a couple of extra ones like berserker and, and jubilee Bobby, who's not normally new mutant but now oh, right, he is. Iceman. i forgot that he was like because I, I forget that because after he joins the show he's just one of the main characters as if he had been there all along <laughs> yeah so i mean it's kind of strange i don't really know why they didn't have bobby be there all along i feel like that would have made plenty of sense but the new mutants is missing karma and danny moonstar yes. But Danny's going to show up. Does does is Karma on this show? No, she I think they had planned I really I genuinely think that they planned. Oh no, I sound like Todd. I'm starting to say genuinely all the time. <laughs> Todd, he's infecting me. He's not even here. <laughs> okay, anyway, I think Danny Moonstar was going to then lead the New Mutants at the end of season 4, sure. but we never even got past episode 8 on season 4, so oh, it's kind of hard to tell. Okay. That's I know, depressing. I know. We'll see what we think of that when we get to it, but right. yeah. So anyway, we could jump on in. This is by the way, I think it's my favorite episode of X-Men Evolution. It's, it's a dark it's very fun so all we really need to know is that the x-men old and new everybody's still training to become a super soldier although god only knows why so we start i guess they're gonna like four in the morning before school (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know i it's really debatable as to what xavier is training them for like why is this entire training regimen happening i mean this particular at least this one's like a rescue yeah. situation this is probably the first time i've seen them do some training that makes any kind of sense yeah i mean i guess the supposition here is like what if you need to save someone who like fell off of a cliff and like that's something you might need to do someday in your uh, you know i wonder why that's why they chose nightcrawler to be the one on the cliff because they would just be like we'll send nightcrawler and they're like <laughs> okay kurt's gonna lie on the cliff so he's like completely out of the equation yeah, like so. J- okay so logan is running this training session by the way so i'm sure logan had to have that response before the episode started I, I think it's, I, I, this is like one of those episodes where i was like Logan's a teacher and it's really it funny to me for some reason. It's really funny, by the way. Like, why is he the teacher? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. So, Scott is rappelling down a cliffside and Kurt is lying there pretending to be unconscious. It, this is so funny. Not very to well, me. by the I, way. I mean, the kids think it's funny, even though it's like supposed to be an imitation of a high stakes situation, but they're all goofing around. And so, there's great dialogue there throughout is. this whole episode, actually. Cyclops is all like, 
confirmed. He's here and unconscious. And then Nightcrawler just gets up and he goes, and I'm starving. I need my breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, again is confirmation that they're doing all this training at four in the morning, by the way. Like that Which is, is cr- not well, I mean, just It's not 4 a.m. It. It's probably like 530 because the sun is clearly rising. The sun is in the distance rising. <laughs> And so then Cyclops is like, quiet, we're role playing. And then he like calls back up (laughs) the cliff and he's like, Tabitha, you should be on your way down here with a basket. And Kurt. And Kurt's like, oh man, boom, boom. You placed my hands in the, you placed my life in the hands of a maniac. Mm -hmm. And Tabitha, meanwhile, is like jamming out to, I think it's a disc man. It might be a walk man. I don't know. She's listening to music. I think it's a disc man. It's not an iPod. did not exist yet in this time period. I think it might be a disc man. And so Logan has to tap her because she's obviously not paying attention. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing right now? And she's like, (laughs) oh, I grabbed the wrong headphones by mistake, which is like the funniest excuse I've ever heard in my life. Like you did not do like you turned on your disc man. Like what? But in classic boom boom fashion, she also follows it up with no big deal. Yes, I know. I loved it. And then Logan just does a sigh and he says, yeah, which I thought was so funny. Like I love this whole fucking scene. Logan's just like, I don't even know what to do about this. He's like, I have no response to that. So then Tabitha does the first of what she does many, many times, which she does this little flirty motion with Logan where she like touches his chin while she's walking away. And at first I was like, why is this happening? But over the course of the episode, she does it to everyone. And I ended up deciding that I liked it because I was like, this is just how she interacts with people. So that's, that's Tabitha. That's boom, boom. So then she plummets on the basket <laughs> down the side like of this cliff. Swinging around on the basket. Yeah, like <laughs> s- flailing around. And she's got great dialogue where she's like, all right, Boom Boom's bombing in. Which, yeah. by the way, I say that pretty regularly just because I love saying that. I don't know. Yeah, I have a it's problem. pretty adorable. And then she gives Kurt, she strokes Kurt's face as well. And she's like, hey, cutie. And is like all flirtatious with, with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kurt goes, Hi. I have to know. Are you insane? <laughs> and Cyclops is like, by the way, Cyclops is mad jealous about he's all so this. so jealous for this entire episode because. Oh my God, like crazy. Kurt, he's over everything. He's jealous about Gene. He's jealous about Kurt. And it's yep. like, okay, Cyclops, we get it. All you have is your hand. Yeah, Please move I on. I know. I felt like it was realistic to his character though. And to being a teenager, I, I really liked the vibes of the whole episode. Yes, same. So Cyclops is like, his codename's Nightcrawler. Get it right. Also, he's unconscious. And Tabitha's <laughs> like, first things first, gotta boom apart these rocks. And I truly have no idea why she blows up the rocks, like, at all. I think she just does it for fun. So she By does the way, that. who put all the rocks on Kurt in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I feel like she could have just, like, gotten him out without exploding them. But whatever. I know. Then she kicks him into the basket. Which like is, literally kicks him. Yeah, and he's like, I'm an injured victim, not a log. And Tabitha just ignores him. And she's like, Nightcrawler, that name's just not working for you. How about Wild Blue Yonder Boy? <laughs> By the way, this is like not an exaggeration on her voice. She's like, how about Wild Blue Yonder Boy? I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's how she talks. Yeah, and Cyclops is like, can you fucking go? And then yeah. Tabitha's like... Yo, Badger, tug us up. And Logan's and which like, Wolverine just screams. Wolverine. <laughs> like, we're like, Logan, nobody cares. Please just make this stop. Uh, Kurt then pretends to fall out of the basket, which scares mm-hmm. Tabitha. And then it reappears. And he's like, you forgot to strap me in. Ten points off. 
And Tabitha's <laughs> like, well, then I'm just going to blow up all the rocks next to this, make us swing dangerously back and forth. And Cyclops is like, holy fuck, what is happening? And then Kurt actually does fall out of the basket. And well, he hits like his head. Unconscious. Yeah. And yeah. so he's falling to his death. Logan has to jump in and save Kurt. Cyclops has to use his beams to blow apart the rocks so that Kurt doesn't fucking die falling on them. I know. And it like all barely comes together and <laughs> Kurt doesn't die. But basically Kurt and Tabitha like one upping each other with jokes and bits is what led to this absurd situation. So right. then we're back at the X mansion and we actually come in in the middle of a monologue from Xavier, which I also really well, like. There was a sh- there was a cool shot of Tabitha looking concerned and then it fades into her face like that. She doesn't change, but the background does in which mm-hmm. she fades into the meeting room and she looks concerned but then she looks down and she starts filing her nails yeah yeah it's it's clear she's not really listening and so xavier here's the rest of his monologue since we didn't hear the beginning the only way to enforce those rules is to ensure your obedience to keep you all safe is for there to be penalties so tabitha kurt for two weeks you're confined to the institute every day after school you're prohibited from using your powers and you'll attend two training sessions a day with logan by the way, that's like an insane punishment. Like, that, I mean, of course. What? It's Xavier. Xavier's like, well, in order to teach you anything, I must punish and torture you for at least two full weeks. And we're like, Xavier, just like this ground them. This is like them. very, very not going to work. Like they're already grounded and they have to do two training sessions a day with Logan. Anyways, so Tabitha tries to be like, I don't want to do this. But Kurt's like, it's fine. We're going to do this. But she looks pissed off. Yeah. Then we flash over to the Brotherhood of Bayville boarding house. And this is, I think, the first time we actually see where they live. It is. Because you kept on asking throughout season one where they all lived. And I kept yeah. being like, I think they all live in a house together. I remember this fraternity house. Like this, for some reason, I was like, yeah, I remember they lived in like a disgusting crash pad. Yeah. I don't think it originally was disgusting. I think it became this way since Mystique left. I know you were like, oh, her bedroom's the only nice thing in the place. But that's because her bedroom is locked i think they've just slowly trashed the place because now they're alone i mean they're first of all they're teenage boys that are acting like it's a frat pet and they all have powers and it's clear that avalanche alone just uses his powers whenever he's fucking bored so of course the place is falling apart demolished and so like toad is literally eating bugs which at least toad can survive off of bugs no one else can Yeah, really honestly like this works in toad's favor it actually kind of does and pietro's like zooming around opening all the cupboards and he's like the cupboards are bare and they're falling apart and fred is like what's with this cheap dump anyway and then toad is like we need money and then he leaps upstairs past avalanche and smashes into this door. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is too times. Just and then springing like, off the walls, slamming his head repeatedly into a door. Yeah, and then at one point he goes, this door's got to be made of adamantium or something, which I thought was fun that they like do a little reference to that. I think so too. And then I, at first I was like, well, why can't Fred get through the door? And then it occurred to me that nobody actually wanted to go into Mystique's room except for Toad. Yeah, and Fred actually says, knock it off, Toad. Not that I like you or nothing, but I don't want to see you get hurt, which I thought was cute because they clearly do like each other. Exactly. And then Pietro's like, what happens when Mystique comes back and sees you busted into her room? And Toad's like, she ain't coming back. So let's see if she left any cash lying around. And Fred like throws him away so that he doesn't keep doing it. 
And then Avalanche is like, see you, Einsteins. I'm going to school. And everyone's like genuinely confused by yeah, why he's going to yeah, school. Like, why is he going to school? We have no answer to that. Even in the previous episode, I think it was Fred who was like, why the fuck are we still going to school? And like nobody had an answer. Like No, but in like an Avalanche is like, I'm going to go hit on Kitty. But he never even does after this. He really just kind of like goes to school because he just wants to go to school, question mark. So. I mean, I, so, I feel like it's sort of an open question as to like what you would do in this situation if you were an abandoned teenager like would you keep going to school you might just because you'd be like i don't know what else i'm supposed to do i mean clearly fred and toad don't go and pietro is like i don't give a shit you know yeah i think they do sometimes though i mean like i guess they don't have who's holding them accountable you know what i mean like no one is so anyway at the school, Principal Kelly's giving an announcement on the loudspeaker about the Bayville High Carnival fundraiser, which is going to raise money for the fucking school being destroyed because it was destroyed. First of all, my first thought was like, I wish our school had like a carnival fundraiser. Right? And then I and then I go, it would have cost so much money to get the carnival there. Right? Why didn't they just put that I into had that the same <laughs> two thoughts? I was like, At first I was like, what? how come my school never did a carnival fundraiser? And then I was like, because renting the fucking Ferris wheel. <laughs> would have cost more if they if they hired like a carnival company to come and set up that would have been a lot of money right there like that would have at least been like a couple thousand dollars right so i guess the carnival's just like doing this pro bono for them just like yeah sure we'll set up our entire carnival for free and you can keep all of the profits from the carnival and then we'll just leave town like that makes no Which, sense this carnival is gonna make so much money and just pure cash alone that we can just rebuild the gym and hide it all all the cash in a portrait or in a safe behind a portrait like James Bond Yeah, so Bond that is style. what is revealed next is, is Principal Kelly gets off the loudspeaker and he like walks over to his secretary and he's like, we're going to earn a bunch of cash from the carnival and we're going to hide it in this safe right here. And they like show it to us and it's behind There's a like painting. a bunch of people in the room that just are like, okay, thanks for telling us where your money is hiding. Good job. Yep. Including there actually is Tabitha's, Tabitha's dad. dad. Yeah, Tabitha's yeah. dad is just standing in the background like waiting to speak to the principal or at least the the assistant. Okay, but Principal Kelly clearly is a very good at his nope. job but he's like very loudly announcing where the hidden safe is in front of people he doesn't know I mean, to be fair he has been brain damaged by professor xavier okay, like as fair. of an episode ago so anything else he does after this point i'm gonna cut him some slack because like his brain true. doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> yeah so it, it just got erased by xavier <laughs> yeah shoddily so tabitha's <laughs> dad is standing there not that we know that it's tabitha's dad yet but we do find out pretty quickly because he's like hey I want to see my daughter. Um, Her name's Tabitha Smith. And then the secretary looks through some files and she's like, "Uh, actually, Tabitha has a restricted visitor list and you need to talk to the Xavier Institute about her. And Tabitha's dad is like, okay. But also Tabitha's dad's just looking at the safe blatantly. Yes, he is. Yeah. I didn't fully get that that was what he was looking at until later, but you are right. I I don't think that's why he went in there initially. I think he was legitimately trying to cheat Tabitha, but then being Tabitha's dad, he was like, oh shit, there's money there I can steal. And it's Mm -hmm. like that that's what we're about to find out in this episode is that Tabitha's dad cannot distinguish between talking to her and then being like, oh, there's something I can steal. Yeah. And like something I can get from you. Like he he sees every his relationship with her as transactional, basically. Yeah. I mean, which is terrible. It is. But it's interesting. He is a scumbag in this, by the way. He is not portrayed as right anything he's, yeah, he's, he he's is the just, villain of this episode but it's a new kind of authority villain like we haven't yet seen 
an authority figure who does what he does. Like, this is like a new thing, I think. I don't think we even really got into this in X-Men, the animated series. This this is like an abusive parent. Like, and we could think- But it's a different, it's not like, it's a different kind of emotional abuse than I feel like we've seen before, which I thought was- With like Mystique and Rogue, but that's- Yeah, I mean, true. Like- but this is like, I don't know. It's It's like, what do you do when your parent is trying to get you to do something you know is wrong, but like you love them and you want, to be there for them but you know that what you're being asked to do is even though that they don't necessarily love you which is yeah. really fucking dark you know what i yeah. mean but they you're their kid and you have she's i mean tabitha is young enough in this episode to believe in the illusion that her dad gives a shit about her because no yeah she hasn't had a normal relationship with a parent figure to know otherwise and that's just really sad you know what i mean it is really sad so he actually does manage to find tabitha at the school well, actually, no, there's one more scene with Kurt and Tabitha first. Tabitha is like trying to get into a locker and she yep. can't and she blows it up and she and opens it and she goes, she's like, hey, this is in my locker. And then she slams the door. Sure. And Kurt is just there eating a burger. And he's like, again, he's eating a cheeseburger for breakfast again. I, I love know. It. But here, this is this is something I want to point out. Kurt then says, tisk, tisk, no powers. Remember? And I'm like. Kurt wasn't there two seconds ago, which means he literally just teleported in next to Tabitha and then was like, don't use your powers. <laughs> Whatever. They're both about to break a lot. I love of it. I know. And then Tabitha goes, whoa, one lecture a day is my limit. And Kurt goes, I think we got off easy. And Tabitha's like, please, Professor X needs to loosen his necktie blue. What good are these powers if you can't have a little fun once in a while? And Kurt is kind of like, yeah, I know what you mean. And then Tabitha's and like, then Tabitha's I'm like, starved and like steals his cheeseburger. Yeah, I love what she calls this, though. She calls it a gut bomb. I think he calls it that in the first episode, too. I, yeah, what, I don't know where this lingo is coming from. Either. It's like invented entirely for this show, but I don't dislike it. Yeah. And then she also takes his social studies textbook, by the way. And she's like, yeah, Thanks. she slams him into the locker. And he goes, borrow your social studies book. Thanks. And then she runs off and Kurt's like, ha ha ha, she's cute. And we're like, yep. okie dokie. And then Evan like randomly walks out of a classroom and grabs Kurt and is like, you're late for chemistry. I don't know why that's there. None of that needed to uh, happen. I don't even know because I feel like I, this is bad to say, but I feel like since Evan had his plot point in season one, he's just been in the background with yep. no lines since then. And so they'd occasionally they, oh, like, and he can't had Spike think Cam. of anything else. Yeah. Well, Spike, Spike Cam Cam. was also season one, but yeah. Right. He hasn't gotten to do much in season two yet. I see. They, there's a serious problem with this show and letting these two black characters do anything at all. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about. Like, this show is great they with just, the exception of that. Uh, I know. It's a serious flaw. So then Tamitha runs down the hallway and she sees her dad, who she's like very shocked and alarmed to see. Yeah, because he's just slinking around the the hallways and he has... Looking a, for her, I guess. Dude, yeah. he's such a creeper here too because he has this horrible line where he's like, it took me two long months, princess, but I finally tracked you down. And Tabitha just looks horrified. Yeah, and, she, and he grabs her and she's like, leave me alone, I have to go to class. And he's like, I just want to talk. And she's like, I've heard it before. And he's like, your mom and I were trying to work things out. I want to put everything right, but I can't do it without you. And she just goes, try, and then walks yeah. away, which is pretty badass. I think she understands that her father is terrible. Yeah. But like the way that she gets into her head is by transposing this idea that her mom needs her. I know, which I think is just a lie, straight up. It, it shows that Tabitha has 
some kind of relationship with her mother. It's obviously not a great one because her mom was like, I'm just going to send you to this school and then let you do whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. just so you, I don't have to deal with you either. And it's yeah. just kind of like terrible all around. It is. But it it's enough that her dad is able to lie to her and have her believe him just because I guess she doesn't check with her mom like she's clearly not in enough touch with her mom to check with her it's interesting like the only way well the only way she could is if she literally went back to the mansion and called her on a landline because it's not like there were cell phones you know you're right so then we go to the cafeteria Scott sees Jean and then sees she's with the popular kids so he can't sit with her so he sits with Kurt who's pouring orange soda onto his tater tots by the way yeah I don't know Kurt is playing with his food it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> so Scott is like, cheer up. There'll be other carnivals. It's not like you had a date or anything, right? Which like, I don't I don't know why I, he asked Okay, that. I read this as super gay because Scott <laughs> says that. And then Kurt goes, Kurt suddenly perks up. He's like, wait, are you taking anyone? I, yeah, was, like, I was like, okay, are, guys, just go to the carnival together. Like, what is yeah. this? Like, what? And Scott's like, doubtful. And I was like, okay, whatever. Then Tabitha walks by. Kurt calls her over. And Tabitha's like, Hope Lou, got your social studies book right here. Thanks. Whoa, nectarine smash. I love these. And this time she takes Kurt's soda mm-hmm. and Kurt grabs it back. He's like, soda machine's right around the corner. And Tab- Tabitha's just like, stingy boy, see you around. And then she does that cutesy, like, I'm going to touch her chin thing that she did with Logan earlier. And then Kurt six- sits back down and he's like, chicks dig the fuzzy dude, which is like what he says anytime a woman acknowledges him in any way. Or man, it's it's like, he's just like, everybody digs this fuzzy dude, which he's not wrong, by the way. I yeah, mean, like, Nightcrawler does get charming. a lot of so then he looks at his textbook and it's like covered in doodles from tabitha about how like social studies sucks ass and it's like really funny <laughs> and also like there's little explosions everywhere yep. which she points out he's like look she even dots her eyes with little explosions and just got's like i'm really don't fucking care yeah like and scott is like openly jealous of this by the way yeah that's how i read this interaction like scott is like really upset at the idea of kurt being attracted to her because this was right in the middle of scott potentially maybe asking kurt out to go to the carnival apparently but it it doesn't happen kurt is like she's kind of funny you know and scott's like yeah so funny she almost got you killed this morning you be careful around her and then he like walks off like a fucking cop yeah scott's like you better just like come home and like come to bed with me and we're like okie dokie yep so then over at the soda machine there's avalanche uh who makes it rattle. he's like shaking the sodas out with his powers and tabitha walks over and she's like hey nice technique check out mine and which just blows up the soda machine yeah and like all the sodas and like a ton <laughs> of like, change flies just, just out like of there's it. money and sodas flying everywhere nobody notices this by the way i don't know how there's like, there was like just an explosion and there's cans of soda flying all over the cafeteria they're like well this is just another day at Bayville high so avalanche is like breaking rules and appliances you'd fit right in at our place and tabitha's like yeah like i'd want to and then she just leaves and is like really cool well avalanche sees all the change on the ground he starts grinning because yeah he, i assume he takes it they actually don't show him taking all the change we don't but really like, know what's going on with avalanche here he's just like sweet money maybe yeah, she can help us with this or i can just take this money i know <laughs> yeah, scott walks in he's like i found my one quarter um so then at the x mansion xavier is talking to tabitha's dad yeah because now he's harassing xavier yeah so. i mean he did the next logical step which is go to xavier's institute and demand to get to see his kid I, no this is one of those situations why 
Xavier is so gun ho about mind wiping people, and I just do not understand why he didn't mind wipe him and send him on his way. Uh, I don't you know? know. I probably because he doesn't know this guy and like how dangerous he is. I don't. I don't know. know. Maybe Xavier. This is like one of those times Xavier's like sitting there, being like, "Let's see how this plays out." We're like Xavier. Why are you like this? Yeah, I mean, here's here's what he says. So he, so Xavier says, you have no parental rights here, Mr. Smith. Tabitha's mother has left ins- explicit instructions regarding your visitation, so I'll have to ask you to leave. And Tabitha's dad is like, you don't think I know what kind of secret freak show this place is? And Xavier's like, are you trying to make some sort of point here, Mr. Smith? And then he like grabs Xavier and he's like, yeah, I see Tabitha now or I have news crews here by tonight. You choose. Yeah, he's like threatening Xavier. And then Logan comes in and Logan's like, those hands of yours, I'm thinking I might relocate them onto a jar in my dresser. Next to Doctor Who's hand. Yeah. And Mr. Smith is like, I just want to talk to my daughter. And then Tabitha and Kurt walk in and Tabitha sighs. And I assume Tabitha at this point is like, I'm willing to talk to my dad which i would guess is why xavier doesn't actually yeah do anything. i think that's what's happening and so then the, then we have this this is where i'm like jesus christ yeah, this guy is awful he I mean, is he's already like, a huge piece of shit even based on the previous scene i this is one of the situations where it's like the similar to mystique where i'm just like this is so fucking dark dude except mystique at least has this sort of redemption arc happening for her where she's like she like we know that mystique's a shitty person because she's lived so long and she's been literally treated like shit for so long that she's turned out this way uh, Tabitha's dad's just like an asshole like yeah. that is you know what I mean like and I, I'm not gonna like validate Mystique's actions either because they're still wrong but like Tabitha's dad like straight up is a horrible person like he just does not give a shit well he's purely self-interested yeah like Mystique at least is like she wants to get close to other people she just doesn't know how to do it so she manipulates them because she thinks that's the only way to do it but right in the case of Mr. Smith I'm just like I think his only motivation is money and using Tabitha for her powers. I don't actually think he loves her. No, I don't think he does either. I think this is akin to an abusive relationship. Like, I mean, it is an abusive relationship, but like, uh, you know, if you have a romantic one where you're like in an abusive relationship and they say all the same things that Mr. Smith is about to say here, but the same thing can happen if like you, that can translate to a parent too. You know what I mean? Or a sibling that's like this. I mean, like it's abuse. It's, in any form and that's mm-hmm. exactly what this is so yeah. mr smith comes in and he says just hear me out and tabitha says i heard you you want me to come home and pretend we're a family again mr smith says we do want you to come home well soon well after things are settled you know when we get the creditors off our back and tabitha's like fuck you i knew this was all about money and mr smith is like just enough to help us get us back on our feet tabby that's all and Tabitha's like, well, I don't know why you're coming to me. I'm a fucking child. Like, yeah, why would like, I have money? I don't money? have any money. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mr. Smith, by the way, I think I didn't, I never noticed this until this time I watched it. And I've seen this episode like a thousand times, mm-hmm. but he picks up the clock in Xavier's mansion and starts eyeing it. And I kept on being like, why is he doing that? And then now I'm like, because he's trying to see if it's valuable for him to sell. Yeah. He's casing the joint. And yeah. he's like, yeah, he turns to Tabitha and he's like, yeah, but you get money yeah and tabitha's like that's all i am to you aren't i someone to blast through walls and doors what is it this time an electronic store the bayville bank and then she grabs the clock puts it back because she knows what he's gonna do mm-hmm. and so mr smith is like tabby this is oh my god what a fucking asshole he's like <laughs> tabby this money it's more for your mother than it is for me she's had it pretty rough you know that Lie. and then that changes tabitha's like mind yeah yeah and she kind of like has a moment where she pauses and then sadly is like if i do it you leave and i never see you again okay and mr smith is like if that's the way you want it dear which i thought oh i hate this he calls her dear and then he places his hand on her shoulder like 
like he cares mm-hmm. and he's like we'll talk more at the school carnival right i'll be looking for you and he like he kind of like snaps at her and then smiles and then he leaves and tap with us like breaks down and starts crying which is like this scene like this show is not i know that it's really funny but this show is like really fucking heavy it is i mean i feel like this is one of those very special episode kind of deals where it's like sometimes you shouldn't trust adults they actually do that a lot on this show it's i've said (laughs) it before but i really like that about this show that the theme of it is like adults might be fucking with you well it was like an x-men the animated series they're like sometimes you shouldn't trust authority figures and this one there's it's kind of the same thing but it's been transposed onto adults instead so yeah because it's about teenagers but it's it's sort of interesting that there's so many authority figures that you're like allowed to not trust on this show i mean that's fine i'll take it yeah it's great so then Kurt is up on the balcony looking at the carnival across the lake and being emo about He's it. He's sad. There's like sad music playing. It's like, and then Tabitha Pierce, it goes and plays like the Jaws thing. Where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. Also, she climbed up the side of the building to get to him. I don't know I mean, why she did this, but she did. Uh, well, she was probably locked in her room or something, or she was trying to hide from Wolverine and Xavier. I don't know. Who or knows? Storm, who but she supposedly lives here. Climb somewhere in order to get up there. And yeah. so she's like, what's up? And Kurt's like, my heart rate for one. How'd you get up here? <laughs> and Tabitha's like, I climbed. Listen, I don't coop up well, so I'm sneaking out. You want to come? And Kurt is like, are you crazy? Where? And Tabitha's like, the carnival. Where else? Come on, you can zip us over there and bring us back before anybody even knows. And Kurt is hesitant. And Tabitha's like, just for a couple minutes, one ride. And Kurt says no. And then smash cut to them on a ride. On a ride. Like it you it took Kurt like maybe two seconds for him to be like, yeah, I let's really go. I liked it though. I liked the smash cut from Kurt being like no to them being like, Wee! they're like on the I know in this ride, by the way, it's like I forget what it's called. Um the yeah. Scrambler, I think, is traditionally what it is. It carnivals. I could be wrong. I might be thinking about the yeah, theme park. It's name. like it, you're in a little cart, it goes around in a circle, it goes up and down at, at the same time. Well, okay, really so fast. there's like there's three of them and on each three okay so there's like three poles and then on the end of each pole there's like three seats that spin around and then the whole thing also spins around Mm -hmm. it's it's the only ride i can get katie on by the way i don't know why that's the ride she's willing to do well she can do the teacups also right yeah but she said she gets sick on those so i don't really know so we it's i i do enjoy it it's a it's a fun ride i like it i wouldn't be able to well you get sick on this too because tabitha's like tabitha's like you want to go faster and kurt's (laughs) like yeah and like tabitha (laughs) throws a time bomb into the machine that has it on and somehow instead of just shutting it down it makes it go spin wildly out of control to which the guy that running the machine has to run over and turn it off and then everyone falls out and they start vomiting everywhere <laughs> i know like, they like they barely they don't show everyone vomiting everywhere but they like make it clear they like they show happening. everybody holding their stomachs and their hands and, like, over groaning. their mouths and they run to like the edge of the screen then immediately vomit so like you yeah. can't see it it's like everything but that and then we kind of see Kurt and Tabitha like stumbling around like they're drunk and it's cute like clearly they're having having fun I know it's like kind of the shit that if I had the powers we probably would have wound up doing that back in the day you know Mm -hmm. so then we get a montage of Kurt and Boom Boom wreaking havoc at the carnival doing various I loved this too oh my god yeah they're like pranking everyone. I like the first one that they start off where Kurt teleports Tabitha in between these two dudes and she puts a lot of time bombs into their pants and then they disappear and then like blow off all their clothes and i was like <laughs> yeah and then they teleport away laughing and the two guys are like standing there in their boxers like why did this happen <laughs> then they blow up the popcorn machine which yeah. i like 
died because it was like popcorn. Yeah. And then also the fun house for no real reason. And then a guy's stuffed animal. The one with the fun house is like just people running out screaming while you see flashes of light. Nobody even knows what's happening there. Just we know that there's chaos happening inside and it's the most boom boom thing to exist on this show. And so then it all concludes with Tabitha laughing and being like, I love teleporting. You can just exit a bad sitch anytime you want. You're so lucky. She's not wrong, by the way. Yeah. And Kurt is like, hey, tossing off those little firecrackers is nothing to groan about. And then they see Avalanche and Fred around the corner and Tabitha blows up Fred's loaded baked potato in his face, mostly so they can cover Fred with food, but also so they can make a pun about how a baked potato is loaded, which I was like, all right fine <laughs> yeah i know I, and I, I wish it's like why couldn't lance be eating that yeah, why, why does not? it have to be they fred, made the know? same pun yeah so then lance looks around and he's like it's that girl i told you about and then they like try to run after kurt and tabitha but of course they have teleported away meanwhile scott's brooding on a ferris wheel by, by himself. himself like Scott- he's just like i'm not getting laid by anyone tonight and i'm really angry and teenage hormonal about it And so then taryn shows up right so this is one of gene's little friends um she doesn't have power she's just a, a regular I think human she was the one in the Fred episode when Taryn was like, do you want me to come with you? And Jean was like, no, I got this. I think so. Yeah. Right. Also, Jean saved her when she fell into the pit that Avalanche created at the soccer game. So she's sort of becoming a recurring character, which is cool. And so she sits with Scott. She's like, can I sit here? And Scott's like, I thought you were with Jean. And she's like, Jean's with Duncan and three's a crowd, if you know what I mean. And then we see Jean and Duncan on the ground looking up at the Ferris wheel and Jean sees Taryn with Scott and she's like, what? and it's funny <laughs> like as if like i don't know what she was expecting to happen if like he was there i feel like gene like it's that moment where it never really occurred to her that scott could be interested in somebody else because apparently kurt doesn't count in her mind but also like gene isn't showing interest in him ever so yeah. then she's like like what do i is it typical gene being like I don't know which one I want. Can't I just have both of them? Or like, I don't know, Gene, you got to figure that out. So uh-huh. it's by talking mature, to them, it's fine. Although I would much rather see the threesome of Scott, Logan and Gene than Scott, Duncan and Gene, because kind of fuck Duncan, you know? Yeah. Duncan sucks so bad. I know he's supposed to be like the Logan stand in because Logan's too old for them, but like, he's not a good character like he's like a bad person like i don't he's like a shittier version of johnny lawrence from the karate kid like even the john even johnny lawrence is like better than him in that episode in in this uh movie i almost said the show because i'm watching cobra kai but whatever (laughs) yeah Uh, but then tabitha sees her dad creeping on them he's like just kind of staring at them while eating some popcorn he he looks terrifying here Mm -hmm. By the way, Scott also sees Kurt and Tabitha from the Ferris wheel as well. That also happens. So Scott now knows that they're there. So then when Tabitha sees her dad, she turns over to Kurt all suspiciously and she's like, "Uh, I'll meet you inside the arcade. Bye. And like pushes (laughs) him into the arcade. And Kurt is like, "Um, we need to leave. But she's already Yeah, because Kurt like then realizes they've been there for like two Two full hours. hours, Which how come this is it's they've been here for two hours and Scott's just finding them, by the way. They have been hiding but yeah it's not that big of a carnival it's like it's on the football field of the high school you know it seems kind of huge though because they have like a billion rides i know that's what i was saying too i was like why is this carnival this big like what is happening it's at least as big as the generation x carnival that's true (laughs) it's the same it's also the same carnival i love that i love that there's carnivals in every iteration of the x-men like that's just a thing this trope um so then avalanche and fred see tabitha and they're like hey there she is and tabitha finds her dad and she's like 
look, I figure I'll just drain a few video games and some payphones or whatever. Which, by the way, that is what she did in the comics for The Vanisher is that she was like draining payphones and video games and shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we did also see her do it to the vending machine. So we know we did, she has the power. Right. So Mr. Smith is like, chump change. I got my sights set on something bigger, much bigger, like tonight's proceeds. The Tabitha looks horrified again. Yeah, and Principal Kelly and his secretary coincidentally walk by carrying like a huge bag of like, money. Like they're like waving around. They're like, yeah. this doesn't have like $3,000 in cash. And we're like, okay. And so then Mr. Smith is like, the vault's in the office. You're going to blow it and I'm going to clean it out. And Tabitha says no. And then her dad is like, Tabby, it's one big take, and then I'm gone within the hour, promise. And so she agrees and is like, let's get it over with. And um, Lance and Fred overheard this, by the way. Well, but Mr. Smith also says, that's my girl to her, which I'm like, ugh. Ugh, Yeah, gross. Yeah. So then Lance, overhearing all of this, is like, after tonight, our cash shortage is over. So they're obviously going to try to intercept the heist. Right. Um, And then meanwhile, Kurt is in the background like, where is everybody? And then he like sees Tabitha walking off with her dad and follows her as well. So everybody's following everybody else. By the way, can you imagine if the Brotherhood did get this money and they got away with it? Do like, do you think they would even get food like groceries? I feel like they would get three thousand dollars and spend it all on all the raw shit they like would we would have like then. gummy worms like i don't know they, yeah, would, they buy, would go like, to like garbage. fucking mcdonald's yeah. and i oh, i meant to mention this earlier but in the brotherhood uh house all those all the cabinets were empty except for and this was very subtle but they had a bunch of liquor bottles like Ooh. so these are like kids that are like clearly stealing like alcohol and drinking it and getting it's smashed tragic. and using their powers very tragic very realistic but very tragic yeah i was gonna say if you're in high school by yeah. the way arcade walks by the camera again here in case anybody is keeping track of that that's a fun pull yeah so then kurt manages to find scott who's with terrence still and kurt is like scott i need your help and scott's like yeah i'll say you do because like obviously kurt snuck out and everything and scott's being a judgy asshole and also he wants to kind of fuck him i mean oh, there's like yeah. a lot going in that one line there and kurt is like no not that it's tabitha i think she's in trouble who else is here which is obviously a code for which of the other x-men are here that we can like enlist to help out with this and then scott right. is like i think just gene and evan i'll catch up to you later taryn and then they all run off meanwhile tabitha blows them off into uh, blows up the door to the office so they can get in and Mr. Smith says the alarm's probably tripped so we gotta get moving before the cops show up Mr. Smith opens up the portrait to the safe and he goes come on make it a big one and Tabitha just booms it over like she ignores him and just makes like a regular size time bomb puts it in there and opens the locker so they can get the proceeds mm-hmm. and so then the dad grabs it and they run out and straight into Toad who takes the bag of cash and is like I'm here to make a withdrawal and then like bounces away with it And they run after him and they end up in the demolished gym, which is where Avalanche and Fred are waiting for them. And Avalanche is like, what do you think of my technique now, Tabby? And Tabitha's like, I'm unimpressed. And then she just turns to leave and her dad grabs her. And Mr. Smith grabs her like really aggressively, like super aggressively and screams, get it back with your powers. And I was like, whoa, dude. And then the X-Men show up. Gene, Scott, Evan and Kurt. Okay. By the way, Scott blows up the wall, like which I don't know why. Why, I don't know. Scott? I, mean, I guess like, it's why like did... the, the room is already blown up anyway. From Scott's Scott, like, by the Scott's way. like, we can go <laughs> through the door, or I can blow it up with my eyeballs, and that won't be conspicuous, you know, or it will be conspicuous. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's extremely conspicuous, and he just strolls in, and he's like, anybody seen a lost bag of cash? And Tabitha's like, why are you here? Like, literally, what are you doing? Here? Also, like, were you waiting to like help for, uh, but at the right time for you to have a cool line? Like, apparently so. How, can you imagine Scott outside like rehearsing that line over and over again while Toad's just like leaping around the gym? 
Yeah, so then we get a big fight scene with everybody. The bag changes hands like 60 times. And well, I wrote it down. Avalanche shakes the gym with his powers. Toad runs off with the money. Gene catches Toad telekinetically. I, I think this is important because I feel like this feel like this show does really well at giving... Like, they do a good job with animating fight scenes and giving everybody, like, time to Something use their to powers. Do. Yeah. Yeah, and so then Cyclops grabs the bag, but Fred jumps on top of him, knocking the bag up into the air. Like, he just, like, like straight-up tackles him football style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan uses his spike to then intercept that and nail it to the basketball hoop, which Kurt gra- teleports up, grabs it, and then they all jump through the hoop together, like... Kurt in the bag. They they all, I don't know. I, for some reason, Kurt like takes the time to be like, he shoots and he scores. Evan and Kurt are like making basketball jokes and like everyone's going to die. Right, Avalanche like <laughs> rumbles the gym again and then it flies out of Kurt's hand and into Mr. Smith's hands and then mm-hmm. he, Mr. Smith doesn't even leave the building. He just like yeah, runs, he runs upstairs. Off. I think he actually runs up to the roof, which I was like, where are you going? Yeah, that's dude? where he's going, but I don't think he realized that's where he was going. I don't know what like why this why he decided to do that but who knows i think he just was trying to escape and he had nowhere else to go so he just ran up to the roof right um and so scott is like i'll get him and tabitha's like no i will and she runs after him and so when he gets up to the roof obviously the building is like falling apart from the last still time falling apart and so his leg crashes through the roof and he gets stuck and Tabitha's right. like, dad, give me your hand. And like, this the, scene is so sad, by the way. I know. And so like the bag is like flown out of his hands and he's like reaching for the money and like doesn't want to like give Tabby his hand. Well, basically, it's a scene where like he has to choose between Tabitha and the money. and He right. does not choose Tabitha. And I mean, you know, he's not going to choose her. And Tabitha's like, stop it. Forget the money. Grab my hand. And he like goes for the money and falls. Yeah, I think at some point she screams, please, daddy, I need you or something like that. And she starts crying. It's sad. And so then he falls through the floor and Kurt bamps in and saves both of them from the fall. Yeah. Tabitha's dad realizes he's actually safe and then runs away with the money again tabitha chases him again but this time when they go outside the cops are out there and they both put their hands up and get arrested yeah which is like damn this is like fucking dark shit dude yeah so then it cuts to the police station and tabitha leaves it to find xavier nightcrawler outside and tabitha asks what's going to happen to her father and xavier goes well they're detaining him yeah because he's being charged with coercing her and he also has other outstanding warrants and tabitha just goes i'll just go pick up my stuff and be out of your way and Kurt's like, you don't need to leave the Institute. And Tabitha's like, yes, I do. It's just not a good fit. Not right now. Goodbye, Blue. And Xavier's like, you know where we are if you need to, if you need us. And for the longest time, I did not understand why Xavier just leaves, lets her leave because like, doesn't he interact with her, her mother, you know? But then it's like, but mm-hmm. clearly her mom doesn't give a shit either. And clearly she's been on the streets for a lot longer than just this, you know? This is also kind of Xavier's MO. Like he did something similar with Rogue. I mean, I, I don't know if it's like good or bad, but it's definitely like the tactic he's chosen where he's basically like, you have to want to come here and you also have to want to obey my extremely strict orders. Right. And if you aren't willing to do that, you can't stay yeah, like, here. I, like, I like how Xavier just is willing to let people go live on the streets if they don't. He is. Yeah. Like that is his morals is that he's basically like, I'm not going to compromise for you. You have to be willing to obey my rules if you want to live in my mansion. And if you can't do that, Either because you can't respect authority or whatever else. Fuck off, I guess. (laughs) Can you imagine Xavier being like, if you want to live in my mansion, you need to treat me like a king. You have your own room that you share with three (laughs) other people and I'll have like three rooms to myself. 
But since it's my mansion, you have to do what I say. But at least you get to live in a mansion. I mean, that's kind of how it works. I, I feel, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, I'm like, it's the right call because she clearly isn't capable of living in Xavier's mansion. I think she does eventually move back in though. And they never really show it. But not right now because she's too, she, she's... She's not capable of doing it. Like she questions authority too much. She wasn't taking the training seriously right. with Logan. She was fucking around. She clearly doesn't want to be an X-Man. Like right. not right now. I mean, I'm not saying like she should have to be. She's a child, but like, I don't know. It's kind of sad that Xavier doesn't like have another option. That's like, you can stay in this other place where you don't have to do like super soldier training at 4 a.m. <laughs> but like also you're allowed to be alive. I don't know. So he's just like, all right, bye. See you later. Um, all right. So then we cut to the brotherhood house and Charles trying to turn on the sink to get a drink and he finds out there's no water. Yeah. And, he, and Lance walks in and says the city shut off the water and it makes him thirsty just thinking about it. And at least Lance has gotten bottles of water from like robbing vending machines. I guess. I don't even understand how this happened, by the way. Like water. I don't know. I It's free. Hot water you have to pay for, but regular water is free. Can you imagine if like Toad was just like, I can only drink hot water. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. But for whatever reason, the water's been shut off here. It gets turned on again at some point, probably because Tabitha steals them a bunch of money from change. It's entirely possible that it got shut off because this building has been condemned. Like that <laughs> could be the real reason. Like it might not be because they didn't pay. But it gets turned back on again because like in a future episode, Tabitha's throwing time bombs into the shower where Toad's showering and like blows up the shower while and water goes well, they everywhere. they all have powers. I feel like they should be able to like, I mean, couldn't Toad go into the sewers and like turn it back on? Like, I don't know. How long could it be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Anyway, so then there's a knock at the door and Lance is like, what the fuck? And he opens the door and Tabitha's just standing there. She's like, hey there. Ooh, I'm dying of thirst. And she just grabs Avalanche's water, drinks all of it, by the way. so funny. Like, I just, I don't know. Tabitha constantly stealing people's shit and like eating it in front of them. Well, she's a kleptomaniac. I love it. She's all like, I need a place to crash. Room's upstairs. And Fred just nods, looking really like confused as to why she's there. Like, no and one then, says anything. It's so funny. And so she goes, upstairs and Pietro runs over he's like okay okay wait give give her the credit she does the little flirtatious move to Fred too which I thought was really cute oh she does she does she does it to everybody yeah I like it so she goes all the way upstairs and Pietro's like stop her am I the only one who doesn't <laughs> want to fuck her here because I'm gay <laughs> and Lance is like you go stop her and Toad is like yeah don't she know no chicks allowed in the brotherhood house and then upstairs Tabitha's like hey this one's locked and then there's like a huge crashing noise <laughs> <laughs> and they all go upstairs and of course Tabitha is the one who could get Mystique's door open and it's like this it's fucking gorgeous it's like I a know. fucking huge it's like beyond king size four poster bed uh, it's, like it's like a resort room at Disney World like, it's so big it's like a huge like mansion room which I don't there's even there's like understand. a chandelier in there yeah. and you know and a bunch of like golden like statues made of gold you know yeah and so then Tabitha's like not bad I guess it'll do <laughs> It's hilarious. And so then she like slams the door. She's like, bye. And she just turns around. She goes, stay out of my room and slams the door shut. And all the Brotherhood guys are like, what just even happened? <laughs> it's like, I guess she lives there now. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I love it's it. It's the best. Oh, uh, Anyway, so then it goes back to the X-Mansion. So we can see 
Scott quickly run in to flirt with his boyfriend and like be like, oh, it turns out that like she's not here and neither is Jean, so we can go back to fucking again. I mean, there's more there's more words than that, but like the, <laughs> that dialogue that I have in my head yeah, is that Scott is asking about like what sexy punishments Kurt has to do. I can't even listen to this scene or watch it because this is gonna be like a throwback. But back when we were in I was in high school, like right after high school, Cal our friend Cal and I kept on recording us reading episodes did you do this scene we did and like i just remember the voices we do it and i i i have the x23 episode we did but i in the cruise control one but i don't have this one and this is the one that was like really funny and the voices we did like (laughs) was like literally was scott going so how about the damage (laughs) currently off all of his things i know and he does and then scott's like well that's not so bad and you go kirk goes after logan's session and which scott goes ooh but when we read it on the script we didn't remember he said ooh so we just went (laughs) (laughs) anyway if i could if i could pull these up i would post them onto the patreon but i only have a couple of them and this is not one of the ones i have but i can't unhear it the point is that it's fun to act out episodes of shows we did it on the holiday special we did we did anyway so scott says "Ooh, that's that's not what you're really bummed about is it and kurt says nah i just i really don't understand why she left and scott's like hard to say and then scott has this line where he's like what's when she sees how it's really tough out there she'll think this place was awfully good to her and kurt's like i think she fucking already knows dude like yeah like he's like she already knows what it's like out there you fucking idiot like i i kind of like that that was the last line was that kurt was like she's already been living on the streets dude like what are you saying like she chose not to live here that is telling of xavier's it's like she chose to continue living on the streets than live in xavier's mansion because she did not want to deal with xavier yeah i mean that is literally the reason like she got a taste of his room and his superhero training and she was like yeah i don't want to do this which is also interesting in light of her dad using her like that isn't spelled out in the episode but i feel like it's implied that she's basically like done with adults using her for her powers like full stop even if xavier isn't doing it for money it's still like i mean she yeah he's still he's using everybody at the mansion to be his little child soldiers for which purpose we don't know because like in the last episode he's like don't tell anyone training them to use their powers but don't actually use them or tell anyone it's like the the, why are we doing any of this xavier or xavier is like don't make me come out of the closet and we're like okay (sighs) it's weird because it's like why are they training to do all these mountain rescues if they're not gonna like go out there and do mountain rescues I don't know. I don't know at all. I mean, I kind of get how they would want to have secret identities, but I also kind of don't because like, I don't know. I I guess it's really just like they don't want to deal with the government intervention of like realizing that mutants exist and how complex that would actually be. Except some people clearly already know mutants exist. Like all of these kids' parents know, like Tabitha's dad obviously knows and like Kitty's parents and like any of the kids who have any touch with their parents at all, like Kurt's parents. Actually, that's a really solid point that nobody has been able, no, nobody has talked about it. Like people are already finding out about mutants no matter what. And then they're all keeping them secret, which, you know what? That's not going to work. No, but like, I mean, that is the gay metaphor. Again, the queer metaphor is like, oh, we found our kid is gay. And it's like, we're either going to kick him out or we're going to accept them and tell them not to tell anybody that they're gay, which was like how it was back then, you know? So, But, it, but people knew gay people existed. The whole idea of mutants existing being a secret, like that's impossible. Like people must know they exist by now. It's just that we don't really see that part of the world. On Xavier's front lawn alone, there's like people shooting fireballs and lasers and ice <laughs> everywhere, you know? 
Yeah, and it's only like two seconds away from the school. Like Cannonball like fucking rockets off into the sky, you know? Meanwhile, like Sabretooth standing on a water tower in the background, like screaming and like, I don't even know. Like everybody, like there are mutants around. Like there are mutants hanging out around Like what happens to all the spikes that Spike shoots when they find them? Like they're like, why are all these bones here? You know? (laughs) Like Yeah, I mean, that's just an open question. The point is... This is a great episode. It is. I it gets boom, boom. it gets a five out of five X's for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five as well. I really liked it. I thought it was really well paced. It had a lot to say. It made some good points about like parental authority without being too heavy handed. I thought and like I respected Boom Boom's decision not to live as Xavier. I thought it was fun that she ended up with the Brotherhood. I'm curious to see where it goes because I don't remember the show. Uh, yeah, I have some follow up thoughts on that. Uh, I do like that it shows and portrays an abusive relationship between a parent. And again, but this one's different from Mystique. And it's something you really don't see, especially then you really didn't see like a cartoon that was really willing to go down this ro- route of, oh, this person's parent is manipulative and horrible to them and like straight up abusive. And like using them. In a specific yeah, like way. I mean, like I thought that was really interesting. And then I mean, I was gonna make a comment about how the dialogue on this episode is really good because, first of all, it's very funny and witty. But like Tabitha's dad comes off as very creepy. Everything that we digested in this and we took away, like everything you were talking about, like the parental, um, the the mer- metaphors of parenting here, like that's mm-hmm. not said anywhere. It's a, it's all subtext, abstracted. Yeah, it's all subtext within uh, the actual dialogue which is really fantastic. And one other thing I wanted to make a comment about was that I think it did a really good job of Tabitha dealing with like this abusive parent. So we would have these really dark, horrible scenes, right? And then mm-hmm. it would turn around and put her back in the public where she would put on this like face, this like this, yeah. this act to be like, everything's cool. I'm cool. You know, like everything's fine. Like you'll never know. And so, you know, it goes from these like dark scenes to almost these like brightly colored scenes i don't know if you noticed that like even in terms of animation like everything with tabitha's dad was like very dark and gray and like in Mm -hmm. shadows and then she would go back to the x-men and suddenly it'd be like brights bright lights and blue and i just thought it was a really interesting choice so yeah i really like that and it also kind of shows you that it's an act for her but it's also an act that she needs and it's like helping her so like I think I mean I wouldn't say it's not her personality because I do think it is her personality I think, it is. I think it is but it's also a coping mechanism at the same time yeah. where it's like that's how she's learned how to survive is by like laughing at stuff and right. being chaotic I mean she is like an agent of chaos like this is who she is because even after things settle down for her within the comic books like she just really is like de- like I said at the beginning of this episode does not think about consequences that is not something she I think I think maybe by choice. I don't think it's that she can't. I think that she had to stop thinking about it at an early age because of everything that's happened to her. And so, you know, she stops to think about things. I think she feels guilt, which they do dive into that with her history. So maybe we should go there next. Yeah. Who's that X-Men? Yeah. Who's that? Boom, boom. X-Men. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay, so I yeah, I know there's some songs that make me think of her. Uh, obviously, when you think of the 90s, you're like, boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. Do you remember that song? <laughs> yep, I do. Okay, but like le- legitimately, like I, the, the song that is truly Tabitha Smith's uh, anthem is uh, Cherry Bomb. Yeah, that song. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you want to take a clip of that and put it in here, like you should, because it's just... By the Runaways, by the way. <laughs> Daddy, hello, mom. I'm your ch- 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 Cherry Bob. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. 
but yeah it's one of my favorite songs and every single time i listen to it i'm like if they do the x-men properly yeah and they give everybody like their own episode that song better fucking be in there for boom boom because like it is the perfect song for I'm also, Mm -hmm. incidentally, it's been a very long time, but if you are new to the show and you don't know about this, we have something called Ryan's Top 20, where we've been slowly (laughs) revealing Ryan's Top 20 uh, X-Men when we do a spotlight on them. Um, And today, Mm -hmm. uh, Boom Boom is on that list and she falls in number six of my top 20, one being the highest level they can go. Um, We still don't know who numbers 1, 7, 12, 17, 18, and 20 are. But uh, someday we will. Should it? Maybe we'll just do the big list at the end when we actually do it. But somebody who's like keeping track and like send it in and have us read it on in reader mail. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but she comes on number six. She's like she's oh she almost makes it to the top five, except the top five like just can't be fucked with, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's my first choice out of the top five. She's the first runner up after the unimpeachable top five. Right. So tell me much. about her. Okay, so we obviously know her real name is Tabitha Smith, and she creates yellow orbs of pure mental energy that explode with concussive and destructive force. Her first appearance was in Secret Wars number two, which was released in 1985. Uh, I'm sorry, I think it's just Secret Wars two, not number two. Boop, boop. Uh, Anyway, uh, she was created by Jim Shooter and Al uh, Milgram. Tabitha was born in Virginia, and her parents were divorced. Her powers manifested when she was 13, and both of her parents are disgusted by it. So they basically disowned her and Tabitha's dad beats the ever-living shit out of her. Like, so this is where we start with Tabitha. So Yeah, which is a different backstory, obviously, than the one on this show. I mean, they yes, but it is very similar in the sense that her parents are divorced and her father is abusive towards her. So that is yep. all still there. Uh, so Tabitha then runs away from home and gives her name, gives herself the name Time Bomb, in which she then meets the cosmic entity known as the Beyonder. The Beyonder brings Tabitha to Xavier's because she think you know he thinks it will be a good home for her. But Xavier ignores her and instead decides to attack the Beyonder. So like it's like really awful. Like she, it's like here I have this kid that needs help and Xavier's like I don't fucking care. So I think that might be part of what they tried to portray into this episode a little bit because yep. yeah, Tabitha has serious problems with Professor Xavier. So although he was technically nicer in this episode than he, he was, he was in whatever this is. Uh, yeah. So this second rejection from a, another parental figure led Tabitha to try and commit suicide. because She's like, why should I even live? But the Beyonder stops her. Instead, he takes her on this like crazy cosmic trip where they confront the Celestials. Like, I like how Tabitha straight out of the gate just to gets to go on space travel. Like, that is her character. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, eventually, Tabitha returns to Earth and she helps the Avengers ambush the Beyonder. And she leaves the battlefield when she learns that the Beyonder felt betrayed by, quote unquote, his only friend. Tabitha then lives on the streets and becomes involved with Maurice Tiger Antonini. He threatens Tabitha at one point and then straight up murders her friend, Gina. So Tabitha has to use her powers to kill him. It's like, I, I Very feel gritty. <laughs> fucking Tabitha has not had an easy life. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Vanisher then recruits Tabitha for his band of thieves, the Fallen Angels. She officially makes the code name Boom Boom there. Uh, this is where I wanted to make mention that Tabitha's dad in X-Men Evolution is definitely a combination of the Vanisher and Tabitha's dad from the comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they ever had planned to bring the Vanisher in, but I feel like he is filling that role. I don't know. I think this was probably the storyline they wanted to do and they just combined some things. I don't think we even see the Vanisher in a cartoon until Wolverine and the X-Men. Anyway, eventually Tabitha betrays the Vanisher and calls the help of the X-Factor to come and save her and then she stays with the X-Factor. This 
issue, by the way, is framed on my wall. <laughs> Great. It's fantastic. It has Boom Boom with like Beast and Iceman flying around behind her. And she's like front and center. And it's like, Boom Boom's back. And I was like, yes, this needs to go on my wall. Tabitha's former teammate from the Fallen Angels, Ariel, kidnaps all the Fallen Angels to her and takes her to their home pla- to her home planet where they are going to get experimented on by scientists. But ultimately, Ariel can't go through with it. And she frees them and lets them all go back to Earth. So that's another time that Tabitha goes to space, by the way. Fun. Uh, when Artie Maddox and Leech are kidnapped by the, the Nastiers, I think it's, I think it's Nastiers. Um, it's one of those crazy spellings. Um, I'll just spell for you so you can see, understand what I'm trying to say. It's N-A-S-T-I-R-H, like, like yeah, nastier. I, I, I guess I would say nastier. Well, I think it's basically like nastier, like to be like, they're nastier than you. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're de- it's a demon. So. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Tabitha joins the X-Factor trainees on a mission to rescue Artie and Leech. And during that time, Tabitha's little team takes on the name X-Terminators, in which she picks out all their costumes. After teaming up with the New Mutants, Tabitha then joins the group of the New Mutants, along with her fellow Exterminators, Rusty, Skids, and Richter. And in this show, we're going to see that Richter and Tabitha's friendship is going to be between Lance and Tabitha, which again... Makes sense, because Lance is Richter and Richter is Lance Yeah, on show, pretty much. Apparently. You know, I don't know. Uh, so Tabitha then falls in love with Cannibal, also known as Sam Guthrie. Mm-hmm. And there's this crazy story after that where they're transported to Asgard and she makes friends with like a wolf prince or whatever. Uh, we'll just skip that for now. Uh, the new mutants encounter Cable and he starts to mentor the team. And through him, Tabitha gains greater control of her powers. She is also briefly kidnapped by Strife in the Mutant Liberation Front. Uh, during the extinction agenda, when Genosha attacks the mutants in the U.S., the Genoshan magistrates kidnap Boom Boom, Richter, Wolfsbane, and Warlock. And when this incident is covered on the news, Tabitha's father gets onto the news and voices how much he hates his daughter, which is fucking awful. Fuck it that is. guy. I hate her yeah. dad. Uh, Tabitha wow. is temporarily stripped of her powers on Genosha because that's what they do there. And Mm. she escapes with Richter where Warlock dies for the first of many times that we're going to see him die over the course of the X-Men. And then on the streets of Genosha, Tabitha and Richter meet Jubilee. And Jubilee and Tabitha's attitudes totally clash at first, which you would assume that would happen because they're kind of similar in certain ways. Uh, But eventually they do become friends. They make their way to the Genosian Citadel, Citadel where they team up with the X-Men to defeat Cameron Hodge, who orchestrated the whole Genosian attack in the first place. I think we covered this on a previous episode through Jubilee, maybe? Maybe. I think we did a Cameron Hodge episode, too. So We did. I mean, like, I know we talked about this. We're at this point where we kind of cross over There's a lot of There's a lot of, of overlap. We've, we've talked a lot about X-Men history, so people are finally putting it all together <laughs> if they have good memories. Yeah, because, like, we're doing it for them. It's like a puzzle, the X-Men puzzle. Anyway, so the next plot point is also the beginning we covered before, which uh, Tabitha then spreads the ashes of a warlock all over Doug Ramsey's grave. We talked about that Mm -hmm. in the Warlock episode. The New Mutants team then becomes the X-Force under the tutelage of Cable. This new team is far more aggressive, and it's actually a much better fit for Tabitha. And in fact, whenever Cable is around in comic books, you know, obviously Domino usually comes into the picture and he's like, I'll work with you. And the other person that always works with Cable is Tabitha. Mm. You know, when if, if we see Cable, just assume that Boom Boom is not far behind, which is why when they did Deadpool 2, it was like, how do we have like fucking like Cable and Domino, but no Boom Boom? You know, it's kind of a good thing she wasn't in it because she probably would have died. I know, that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> Seriously. So be thankful that she wasn't in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, Tabitha and Stan um, start dating, and she also takes on a new name called Boomer. Uh, she's constantly changing her name, which everyone makes fun of her in the X-Mansion. 
after an attempted murder of Professor Xavier, everyone does not feel great about the X-Force, so they then decide to apprehend them. And Cannonball arranges for them to be released to help take down the Mutant Liberation Front, where Tabitha faces off with Rusty and Skids, who break her jaw. And after the X-Force's name are clear, Sam's ex-girlfriend, Lila Cheney, comes and gives them their blessing, or her blessing, sorry. Uh, Sam then takes Tabitha on vacation to his family's farm, where they face the Game Master and the Upstarts, because in comic books, nobody can just go on vacation. Uh, You know, (laughs) something has to happen. And they team up with the New Warriors to defeat them. The X-Force headquarters then blows up twice because once was not enough, so they all move back to the X-Mansion together. Uh, Cannonball graduates to becoming a full-time X-Men member, which leaves less time for his relationship with Tabitha. During this time, Tabitha seeks comfort in caring for a lobotomized Sabretooth, also confiding in him. Uh, This is all still in the pages of X-Force, I believe. Sabretooth later reveals that he'd been faking the lobotomy and escapes by deceiving Tabitha into destroying his, like, shackles, and then on his way out, he nearly kills Psylocke, Tabitha then feels really guilty about it and travels home to see her father. There's a reoccurring thing with that Tabitha where her mistakes like make her feel so guilty that like she like runs off and does something. And I was what I was trying to get at before is that I feel like the reason why she doesn't think about consequence is that it gives her an out from having to feel the guilt she'll have when she does the wrong thing. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. that's that is my theory for her anyway. Let's see. So she reconciles with her father, but then he's critically injured during a fight with Sebastian Shaw and Holocaust. This causes Tabitha to feel more guilt and f- like basically she keeps on getting traumatized and then feels guilty about it. Like every time like a horrible trauma will happen and then she blames herself um, right. in which she na- renames herself again to be meltdown. And then after that, she becomes a far more aggressive fighter. Like after this, like, she, you know, I mean, like she was kind of an agent of chaos before where she was like kind of wild and out of control with her time bombs. But now she's like using them to like actively like hurt her enemies in ways where they cannot recover. Wow. Cool. Yeah, it's really intense. Uh, and then since Cannibal is never around, Tabitha has a little flame with Sunspot because Sunspot cannot keep his dick in his pants. And Cannibal <laughs> finds out about it. He gets pissed, but then he reconciles with the both of them. And somehow that creates him to join X-Force again, which I believe we covered in the Cannibal episode. Probably. Cannibal then turns X-Force into a secret strike team. He recruits Tabitha, Warpath, and Bedlam. Uh, you may have seen Bedlam in the Deadpool movie. So just to let you know, this is where he comes from. During this time, Tabitha learns how to take her explosive force and turn it into streams of guided energy. Uh, so now she can just like sh- straight up shoot her concussive blasts, which is yeah, terrifying. like in beam form. That's yeah, pretty but then cool. she still does like a lot of like bombs and stuff too. Like it's just well, it's, she's probably used to fighting that way. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, right. Uh, after Sam almost dies, Tabitha confesses she couldn't bear to see him die, so they start dating again, and eventually they go their separate ways when X Force splits up again. When Cable discovers the revival of Weapon X, and this is the early 2000s, he creates a team to hunt down all like the Weapon X's secret bases, and Tabitha joins that group again alongside Domino. Cable then reforms the X-Force again to fight Scorn, and she is part of that team. Tabitha is then one of the mutants to retain her powers after M-Day, and then she was featured in this weird little comic called Next Wave that Warren Ellis wrote, which was like her team of her... Monica Rambo, Elsa Bloodstool, Machine Man, and the Captain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you read that. Yeah, this is all vaguely familiar. I don't think, I don't know, possibly. Well, okay, they do, they have not decided 
World Marvel has not decided if this is part of Marvel canon or if this is just like a weird off story with Warren Ellis or not. not then. <laughs> but then sometimes they reference it in comics. So it's like, did it happen or not? So anyway, um, during that time, they worked for this company called Hate, also known as the highest anti-terrorism effort created by the Beyond Corporation, which funded them. And Tabitha starts snooping around the marketing plan. She finds out the Beyond Corporation has these financial backers that are obviously terrorists. So she steals the plans and she brings it to their team leader, Pulsar, and they steal a ship and they defect from from the Beyond. And they eventually expose and destroy the terrorists and the Beyond Corporation. So, Hmm. but I mean, it is a typical Tabitha, which Tabitha situation where she just goes snooping around somewhere she shouldn't and finds information. Tabitha moves to San Francisco to join the X-Men's new base. She takes back her name Boom Boom once again, probably because Evolution had been uh, influencing that character once again. Because, uh, right. you know, San Francisco was probably only like five years after Evolution got canceled. So Makes sense. Right. And Tabitha's later kidnapped by the Leper Queen. This is a crazy plot line. We talked about this, I think, and I don't know. Did we do Cable? Yeah, we did Cable. I think we talked yeah. about this on the Cable episode. So. Tabitha is later kidnapped by the Leper Queen. He tries to inject her with a modified legacy virus. The Leper Queen eventually shoots Tabitha in the head, but this is immediately retconned in the same page because it goes backward in time a few minutes in which Cable and X-23 just like pop out of like a portal and save her. But then Hammer, Agent Stormin, and the Storm the Building, they take them into custody. And one of the agents is like, take a genetic sample from Tabitha and then kill her. And then another one's like, no, we should rape her first. Because like... Oof. She's, I know, right? Like, I, they, but she doesn't. There's too afford- many gritty things in Tabitha's backstory. Like, I'm, I'm going along, but like, damn, man, I don't yeah, know if I, I want to read all of these. No, but <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't actually happen because Warpath shows up and just kills all the men there. Okay. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then takes her to a safe house. Tabitha remains on Utopia until Cable recruits her again for the X Force. Well, I think that one's actually called Cable and the X Force. And I highly recommend people picking up that series it's about 20 issues along it's like it's a really good team up of uh cable domino boom boom yeah we've Forge, talked about it a bunch on here Phantom X. Yeah. yeah yeah i really like that one uh and then most recently she has been one of the main characters again on the new mutants run of the krakoa x-men wow good stuff that's boom boom yeah so is she just like a billion years old like how do they explain that I don't know. It's like the X-Men in which like only 10 years seems to have gone by in the comic books. So like, even though she's like been around since the eighties. Yeah, I know. "Ah, So like in the eighties, she was like, I don't know, like 15. And now she's like maybe 25, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, don't really worry about what time period. I mean, like, let me put it this way. Like she's young enough to, in cable and the X-Force do this scene where she like rides up onto like an island like it's a shield based island and she's driving a jet ski in a bikini and like listening to music and drinking like a ton of beer being like woohoo spring break so you know like so she's 57 oh <laughs> love that that's what i'm gonna be doing when i'm boom boom's age yeah jet skiing around she's a fantastic character though because like she really is sort of like the agent of chaos where she's sassy and like just is crazy and i don't know I mean, yeah. and after this episode airs, you're going to be seeing a lot more boom boom content pop onto social media feeds because I have a lot of boom you're boom ready pictures. Ready to unleash the boom boom bonds. I've been waiting to unleash the little boom boom bonds since we did Pride of the X Men, which was like three years ago. So I've been saving wow. them. Wow, it was three years ago, actually. Well, I haven't been like jumping ahead and posting things on our feed that 
we haven't covered yet, you know? Mm-hmm. But now it's time. Boom Boom yeah. is here. Boom Boom is, is here. Is she in like every other episode or? She's in most of season two and then she has some spotlight moments in season three, but then we never get to see anything grow in season four. So, mm-hmm. oh, important to note though, in this show, she has a relationship with Amara. Right. Yeah, so she is queer in this show, but she's not in the comics, I guess. I mean, the only person we see her be with in the comics is like... Well, Cannibal, Cannibal. and Sunspot. But Cannibal... Two guys. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like everybody in the new movie, it's fucked those two characters, including Cannibal and Sunspot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's a situation where, like, she's supposed to be a bisexual character, but, like, who knows? I think and she might be. I mean, like, why would they pick that direction in X-Men Evolution if she wasn't? I mean, because they wanted all the characters to be gay on the <laughs> I mean, show. Well, that's true, Speaking too. of which, let's do that section. The Was there any, I don't even, oh wait I was gonna say um, is, Kurt and Scott yeah, I was like I was like there was nobody gay in this except for Scott pining for Kurt's attention and trying to get him on a date for the entire episode the entire episode I mean the only straight way you can interpret this is that Scott is jealous that Kurt has another friend but it's pretty gay it's, like, it's pretty gay so like sometimes you do have that moment where like you are jealous that a friend of yours is getting close with another friend but I feel like you wouldn't react as aggressively as Scott Scott does in this episode like it just seems like a little too much well to yeah me, i know so. and like i think at the end i definitely get that vibe sort of also where he i think okay so remember that scene at the cafeteria where kurt and him are talking about the carnival and kurt's mm-hmm. like do you have a date and kurt and before scott can really answer tabitha shows up and then scott just gets up and leaves he's like fuck this and we're like what, yeah what's the problem <laughs> i think yep. scott would have like been all like hey kurt I know you're not supposed to, but if you want to date and we'll go over the carnival, let's teleport over there. You know, like, yeah. I think he was all about that. But since he showed up with Tabitha, Scott's like, you shouldn't even be here right now. You know what I mean? But he was definitely about to ask her to go to the carnival anyway, you know? Yeah. Or at least be like, come on, let's go to Xavier and see if like you can go to the carnival if you go with me. Not like that crazy Tabitha. Yeah, like, I-, I feel like that would have been like Scott's. Uh, attempt to make it work yeah but I didn't, it, anyway. i'm sure he would have to you know yeah it doesn't work out for him because though. then he's fucking brooding on the ferris wheel but the last fight that we saw was like not about uh him and gene because he looked over at gene in the cafeteria but then after that i mean that's what we're supposed to think i just don't really ship them on the show because they have such a brother sister vibe that it's like why am I supposed to care about Jane and Scott? I'm still waiting for the show to make it clear to me. That yeah, can you wait? Can you imagine? Well, no, it changes over the course mm-hmm. of this. They're gonna season, get together. But would it be really funny if they hadn't done that and then like they got together and Jean's like, "This is my boyfriend, Scott. He's like a brother to me." Yeah, I mean, basically, they can just be each other's beards. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't ship. No, them. I think, I think. What is the next episode? Is it Power Surge? Um, yeah, the next episode is Power Surge. Okay, so that is literally the episode in which Jean Grey has her first meltdown and Scott and her build their psychic Ooh, bond together. So interesting. Yeah. Like first dark Phoenixy meltdown. That yes. kind of meltdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were going to work it up so that somewhere in season four or five, I think the, I honestly think that the show 
was going to go to like a season five and maybe stop there. They had a plan to get to Dark Phoenix like and they they build it up for over the course of like the next four seasons and then we don't get to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no expectations. Anyway, my final thought in this section is that the Brotherhood house is pretty gay. Oh, um, yeah. Right. <laughs> it just is. Uh, there's no chicks allowed in the Brotherhood house in Toad's words. And also Fred being like, I don't like you, Toad, but also like, I like you kind of. And then Pietro's literally gay because <laughs> he's canonically a gay character on the show. Okay, but so. also like, I love how like when Tabitha shows up, Pietro's like, somebody get her out here because I don't like vagina or like, <laughs> okay, thanks, Pietro. And all Pietro. the other boys are like, well, we're at least bi, so you're going to have to put up with this for a little while. And Pietro's like, fuck. And it, like, slams <laughs> do you okay? Do you also notice that like in this house that's falling apart, like Fred, Toad, and Lance are all dressed in like fucking like grungy clothing. Like they yes. look like they maybe haven't showered in a couple of days. And then like Pietro walks out and he's wearing like fucking like Abercrombie and Fitch, and he's like all cleaned up and pristine. And I was like, I'm sure his room is clean. Like we don't get to see it, but yeah, I this isn't a like, gay thing, by the way. I just think it's really no. funny that like for some reason, like he's it's just just his personal style. Well, he is sewing his costume by himself in the background. So he is. He's definitely like the most femme member of the Brotherhood. I mean, it's kind of like he's a little bit of a stereotype, but we love him, so it's fine. Like whatever. It's, yeah, it's he's fine. a gay villain. He is. He is who he is um so that's that section that's it welcome it's time for plugs oh i thought you were gonna say it's time to start the show yeah it's finally time to start the show okay good uh a show that i like to call mutantages.com yeah and on this show we review every x-men adaptation ever that's terrible i like how i was like i got distracted because i was opening up my notes sorry not uh-huh. sorry. So if you were to go to the mutantages.com, there's a million things there. Find, you'd find so much stuff. It's like, it's honestly too much, but we're going to try to tell you what all of it is. So we have an email address. It's the mutantages at gmail.com. You can send us emails and we will read them on our listener feedback episodes. And we also have a discord server, which is probably a better way to contact us. Honestly, um, there's a, even a questions uh, channel in there where you can throw things in. Um, and that link is also at mutantages.com. And then we have a voicemail which is one five oh eight three one nine one six six eight and last but not least a PO box. PO box three three four four Natick, Massachusetts, oh one seven six oh. I don't I don't know how long it's been since we checked that, but uh we do have a PO box. We have a couple of new pieces of mail that we have to do a unboxing Ooh, on. Ooh, that's yeah. very exciting. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I gotta go check it again because it's been I hope it's Mr. Sinister's arms. Oh <laughs> just his arms? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is what I'm into now. I remember I was like, send us pieces of Mr. Sinister action. Oh, figures. that's right. You did say that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Mr. Potato Head edition of Mr. Sinister. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's done that yet. Um, so anyway, do you want to talk about social media, Ryan? Yeah, sure. We're everywhere on social media. You can find the Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and we're individually on social media. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.pagella on Instagram. I'm at Mitty Myers on Twitter and Instagram. But it's not social media, but it's like kind of like social media youtube we yeah. have a youtube channel we do have a probably youtube channel the most important thing on the youtube channel right now is the fact that we did our mutant ages holiday special which you can still go back and watch by the way it's three hours of good good stuff it of really like todd and really Katie and Ryan and is. I goofing off also on youtube ryan has his own personal vlog where he tries to have fun despite that we're in a global pandemic still <laughs> yeah and hangs out with katie and walks his dog and goes on adventures and you should watch that too yeah it's 
it's because it's the whole plot and for it right now is to get more of actual adventure in there, like trips and stuff. Um, as best as one can. Yeah, especially during the pandemic. Uh, by the time this episode comes up, there's definitely going to be a video up about Katie and I looking for miniature Yeti at this place, at this botanical garden we're going to. So great. Uh, if great. you want to go see us scream at some Yeti that are probably like just little dolls in the snow, it's definitely worth it to go see that. Um, I'm trying to bring more stuff like that into the vlog, at least until I can start traveling again. I've got a whole like to do list now that I've been building over the course of the pandemic where I'm like, here's the 300 places I'm going to travel to when I'm allowed to do that again. <laughs> so, yeah, same. I have a long list of things I'm excited to do. I also wanted to make mention real quick that on our YouTube channel, we are covering all the video games of X-Men. So if you want to watch us play through every terrible X-Men game, because a lot of them aren't actually good, <laughs> we're doing that there. And we have some parodies on there. And sometimes we match up the the voiceovers from this episode into the actual cartoon so you're right there's other stuff on the youtube channel besides the holiday special most important also not most importantly if you want to support us there's a couple ways we could do that number one we have a store where you can get a couple of cool things like you get merch with the mutant ages logo on it or bishop screaming time travel is real you can get it on t-shirts bags mugs stickers whatever you want Masks. if you need a mask you can do that mm -hmm. how else can you support us maddie you can go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you can get bonus episodes of the podcast, little outtakes sometimes, or depending on your backer level, you can get copies of my songs. You can get like Christmas carols recorded about yeah! X-Men that I have performed and recorded. And so you can hear Santa Baby, but it's Phoenix Baby, for example, um, Let It Snow, Miss Monroe, and so on and so forth. So you can get all those songs at the $5 tier. And there's all these different tiers. You can check them out and see what you want to get or what you can afford. But our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Okay, so our top tier Patreon supporters are Soren B, Samuel B, and Zach S. I hope you're eating gut bombs because I love those. <laughs> yeah, Boo Boo's bombing in, baby. That's every, all of your earthly possessions exploding. Really sorry about that. We just had to have Boom Boom yeah, there. Yeah, we did. And if you support us, that is really helpful because uh, we are a completely fan-supported show. We don't have sponsors. It's just us. And if you want to find other ways to support us because you can't support us financially, please leave us a review or a star rating on whatever app you listen to this on, uh, mm -hmm. especially iTunes, because it helps increase our visibility. Give us, a, give us a rating and give us a review. Right. And like Boom Boom, it's time for us to go and eat some dinner. Let's get some gut bombs, baby. I'm hungry. I'm going to have a cheeseburger, except I'm not because I don't have that. I'm totally going to have like a gut bomb, but like it's going to be a veggie burger. Yeah, I wish I had a veggie burger. I You're don't good. have that. Good stuff. I don't know what I'm going to make. TBD. I think Logan won't like the fact that I'm eating a veggie burger. He gets really weirded out by that shit. He's like, get me some real beef, man. Well, he can run off into the woods naked and catch it himself if he wants to. Yeah, but it's I don't Logan. like that either because I'm like, stop killing the animals, Logan. <laughs> Oh, Logan. Anyway. I'm glad you guys are still together. Anyway, we'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant.